welcome to the Royal Geek Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Olson, also known as T-Roll, and tonight I'm joined by my very good friends. First of all, we have Anthony Amato, the one and only Anthony Amato. We like to call him, every now and then, we call him Shimato. Good to see you, brother. We also have my man, Zach Markham, a.k.a. Apple Zach's in the building, making a triumphant return. Good to see you, Markham. Uh, unfortunately, we do not have T-Sweat or Sandy. Neither of those guys made it. Um, we've already done one show tonight. We've, uh, we're dropping two pods this week. Um, so if you look on our, um, on our feed, you'll see a review for the Obi-Wan Kenobi series, uh, I believe part four, episode four. Um, so you can check that out. So this is the second part of the night without those guys, um, we got through one, y'all. Let's see if we can get through another one. What do you think? Let's go. Think we got yep. it? I think we got it. The too. spirit is with us. Yeah. Yeah. We miss them. Wish you guys were here. Um, but uh, big shout out to all of our listeners. Thank you for tuning in. Um, we have a new Marvel show to review. So yep. all of our uh, Marvel fans that tune in for all of our Marvel coverage are back. We appreciate you guys. Just a reminder to please subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen, and please share the podcast with your friends. That helps us out tremendously. Sharing this particular episode covering um, episode one of of um, of Miss Marvel, sharing it with your your Marvel friends. Too many saying Marvel too much. <laughs> sharing this episode of Miss Marvel with your Marvel friends is a marvelous idea to help us out as we try to grow. All right, spoiler warning for episode one of season one of Miss Marvel. I did notice that it says season one, episode one. So I don't know if that's an indicator that there's going to be a second season or not. Um, But spoiler warning for um, episode one of Miss Marvel, which is called Generation Y, like the word, like the question, Y, Uh, which is a play on, you know. Play on letters? Yes, play on letters. (laughs) All right, boys. Uh, yeah, how'd y'all enjoy this uh, premiere episode of Miss Marvel? Um, I would say, and and I feel like there, you know, the feeling was mutual through a lot of us through a little bit of our communications that we had, you know, before the podcast. But I, I feel like it was came on significantly stronger than I was expecting it to. Uh, I was a little bit worried about, you know, the the age range that this this show was aiming for. <laughs> But I felt like it came off real strong and had a good like setup so far through the first episode. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it. Um, a lot of the interactions and everything, like I really enjoyed, like the, just the environment, the colorfulness of it. Um, it's yeah. it's very like a like a young superhero. Yeah. Uh, kind of like Squirrel Girl, that kind of stuff in there that yeah. um was pretty cool and just like going through high school, like still trying to figure out like. Who you are, all that kind of stuff it was pretty. It was pretty. It was okay. Yeah, <laughs> it was cool. It was okay. <laughs> no, that's good, man. I'll be the first to admit, and I'm sure at some point on the pod, in previous episodes covering other things, I've said that I was a little apprehensive about this show, mainly being pull the curtain back a little bit. I just hate. I typically hate like high school just. Drama. Drama. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. the the angsty kind of, yeah. Um, So far, there's a little bit of that. But, I mean, it is way better than I thought. Yeah. Yeah, it it seems like less forced. Because, like, any other, like, um, 
you know, superhero or anything high school related that's angsty like that, like the bully is like always like very like physical, over the top. Over the top. Yeah. This one seems like a very like like realistic modern high school experience. Yes. Yeah. And I think yes. part of it is a lot of those high school experiences that we're used to seeing uh, portrayed on television are like really like privileged people like just yeah. like he, people with like a ton of money and you know who, who really don't have a whole lot of problems but they're like over exasperating the problems <laughs> they do have yes. um well, it's part of it is you know well, yeah. well it's like that and then like the the scenarios that that would happen like to them it would, would never happen in a normal high school yeah like like the the trauma or the the fighting all that kind of stuff that that you see like on television like nobody I well maybe like one out of ten, but like nobody has yeah. experienced that yeah. ever. The high school parties that are at like mansions. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, like those things are like, like so that does not happen. No. No nah. man. <laughs> so But yeah. Um I, I think two of the coolest things that I've about about it so far was for one thing, it kind of has a feel of like a um, like a female Spider Man vi- vibe. Yeah. In the sense of like, just from the idea of it's about like this teen experience and kind of like an awkward state and stuff like that. And that's one of the things that like Spider-Man really drills into, you know, from kind of like from the male perspective. And this is kind of the, almost like a female foil in a lot of ways to that kind of experience from the, from the female point of view is what I kind of feel like how it's coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, for sure. And then on top of it, uh, you know, even connecting even more with Spider-Man is like Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. It felt like a live-action version of that with a lot of the, the the colors and the way, even the way they did it, the texts yeah. uh, when they were showing text in it, yeah. and yeah. like you know, just like the imagination and stuff on there on that they showed on screen was very was very lively. Looks like a comic book, just yeah, like very very yeah. much so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the cinematography, you know, and yeah. just the the visual. Of yes. this was awesome. Yeah, you know? very much so. When later on it was very good. I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but when, when she's talking to Bruno about her game plan, and she the, like does the whole yeah, it's just, it's almost like um, the things you're seeing on the screen are what she's writing in a journal. You know, and yeah. you even see it too yep. when when later he's he's looking at her as she's writing on like a chalkboard or a whiteboard or something, and it's like oh, she's literally drawing all these things too, and we're seeing it in super colorful ways yeah. across yep. the screen. So it was it was cool. Pleasing on the eye, mm-hmm. yes. I think. Yep. So, uh, very fun, very upbeat, um, really upbeat. Yeah. And and again, like so far, there isn't a ton of just super angsty. I th- I think it's coming still because you know it's high school. Yeah. Um, but overall, first impressions, I gotta say, I've told my my wife, I've told my my mother in law, I've told some some other some, I told you guys and some other people about the show. Uh, I was really impressed with episode one. So yeah. good on Marvel. Please continue it. And I hope that we have uh, many fun discussions covering this show. So where should we start? Should we start with, I suppose, um, the main character, the character, yes. Kamala Khan, uh, and her fun family. Yes. yes. Dude, yep. I, I love all the interactions of her family and the cultural aspect being yes. being uh, Muslims. Like, I mean, it was... It was just a cool thing to see in mm-hmm. the Marvel world. Yeah. Yep. Hundred percent. Yeah, it, it was. It was really, you know, cool to see the family dynamics and, you know, um, you know the way they played off of each other and how they, um, 
in you really get to see like the struggle that they have as a family trying to stay traditional in their own ways but also they're embracing the american dream at the same time yeah, yeah. in the and 21st century yeah, like yeah. It, it's a it, it's a never-ending struggle when you have those situations you know where to make concessions towards your traditional values so that you can survive in this, you know, modern American world. You yep, know? 100%. Like, I'm really loving, like, the fact that, I mean, Marvel Universe as, as a whole, like, anyone nowadays can, like, see a superhero and, like, apply themselves some, somehow yeah. to it. And I think that's the way it should be. Like, everybody should be able to relate somehow to, like, some sort of superhero, somebody to, like, yeah. look up, you know, look up to, all that kind of stuff. Um, I mean, not everybody can be Iron Man or Captain America or anything like that, but, like, you, you have a superhero, like, specifically that you look up to that's, like, your staple, who you want to be, and it really, like, develops your character uh, and to be some something like a su- superhero, like, like what's going to play out in this series. Yeah. And that's what's so fun about this one, because as people watch this show and they connect with Kamala, mm-hmm. right, um, that's literally her story. Yep. Like, she is a fan of superheroes. Yep. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, she is a fangirl. Yep. Like, she even has yep. a... I mean, the, the the show opens up with her YouTube channel. <laughs> it, like, she's a content creator. You know yep. what I'm saying? Like, she's, like, posting videos. Um, who knows? She might even be the kind of person that would come on, go on a podcast, you know, or start a podcast. Yep. yep. So, it's, it's kind of cool, the dynamic of... Um, sh- she is herself a fan of superheroes... Mm-hmm. Um, and hopefully, as people watch the show, like they can relate to her and be a fan of hers as well. You know, yep. and just like it just makes sense in the Marvel world for this to even happen. You know, like you're seeing these people being molded by the events of the Battle of New York or the events of you know everything that has happened all the way up through the snap and things like that. Um, but you're seeing like it, it would make sense for people to be shaped and molded in. The same way that, you know, you would see um, other types of heroes being built out in the world, whether it be, um, you know, being through your favorite sports team or your favorite actor or things like that. I mean, it would would make sense that these superheroes would become that type of way for, especially for young people, because, you know, you you extrapolate out the age. I mean, we don't really know how old, or, I mean, we're... Well, yeah, we know we know where this is kind of set, basically, generally. I mean, who knows how old she was when the Battle of New York happened? I mean, she was, she was probably somewhere around, like, four, three or four years old when the Battle of New York actually yep. happened, when you think about it. Um, and, like, how, her whole life has been seeing these superheroes move around. So it would make sense for her to connect with them and for her to, you know, for them to just be, be just part of her life. Yeah, I just want to say, like, it is just, like, so crazy to see, like, just the development where Marvel is at, like, right now. Like, you just go from, you know, 2007, 2008, Iron Man, mm-hmm. and now yeah. you're, like, 12, 13 years, you know, past all of that. Uh, who knows? I can't do math, but <laughs> it's yeah. it's a long time. It's a long time. and like <laughs> Many I, years, I, okay. Yeah, and I, I'm really loving, like, the network of, like, of what Marvel's doing right yeah. now. Like, it's awesome. Oh, it's yeah. awesome. Yeah, you're speaking my language, man. Yeah. I think that's always been, and that is the, that was really the excitement and inspiration to start a podcast because it's like the world that they have built is so robust, yeah. so complex. Um, and every time they make a new show or a new movie, 
It's adding a chapter, you know? Yeah. Yep. Um, so more on this chapter. Um, Kamala Khan, again, she is a... Um, I think that her family is from Pakistan. Yes. Yep. So she's Pakistani, living in Jersey City. So, so I guess that's in New Jersey, probably. Yeah. Yeah, I imagine yeah. so. <laughs> I don't know. Geography. Uh, living in Jersey City, she's a 16-year-old, going to high school, trying to figure out life. She even talked about that. She's like, that she was feeling the pressure of having to have her whole life figured out at 16 because her yeah. her guidance counselor at high school, who was really who was hilarious, by the way, yeah. calling her over the intercom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's like, really funny. That was such a cool little scene. Um, but she, um, you know, she feels the pressure of trying to figure her whole life out. Where really all she wants to do is, I mean, she's just fascinated by the superhero live. You know, like she wants to create videos on YouTube. She wants to go to AvengerCon. She yeah. yep. do some cosplaying. I mean, she's a super fan. And I, yeah. and I think that's like really true. Like especially if you look at like any other like superheroes, any any superhero like in the Marvel universe. Like, neither one of them, like, had their life, like, planned out. Like, neither one of them had it figured out. Like, they went from, like, one, like, basic normal life to, like, an extreme. Like, even somebody like Iron Man, who was a playboy, you know, Valanchist, or a millionaire, and he goes from that to being Iron Man. You yeah. know, somebody who, like, Captain America was weak, you nothing. know, brittle, yep. nothing goes to being Captain America. So, like, yep. I think that her being a fan of superheroes and stuff like that um, really, like, sets her different from her peers and even, like, her uh, best friend who seems like he has his life together in that one scene where, like, he's trying to go to uh, get, a, you know, get applied for, like, college scholarships and stuff like that. And, yeah. Um, all that kind of stuff. So, it, I don't know. It's just very interesting to see how, like, there's a lot of um, uh, connections and um, – it's relatable to that kind of stuff. Yeah, and I, I think that's like that's kind of what I was trying to get at when I was saying she's kind of like a female Spider-Man type of character. Yep. And that's kind of like that's what the role that he encapsulates. He's so, um, he, he's so relatable in so many ways, and I feel like she's kind of filling that role in a lot of ways as well. Is that her relatability is so very important to her character? Yeah. So, um, as the show goes on. She, you know, we learn that, well, we don't learn, but we can gather that there's some sort of untold story with her grandmother. Yes. Oh, yeah. Who sends yep. a box to um, her family, and inside this box, a bunch of junk, including a, uh, a really cool-looking, uh, what's called a, a bangle. It's like a, uh, I'm trying to think how to describe it. I it's, mean, it's basically, it's, it's a, a gauntlet, basically. Yeah, yeah, there you go. A, th- yep. a, th- a dense, thicker bracelet, maybe. Yeah. Um, look at us, three white dudes talking about this uh, Pakistani jewelry. We have sense. no idea what yeah. we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, keep 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 scrolling. Find a new podcast. Uh, but I loved when she put it on. The look in her mom's eye. Yes, dude. I her knew. Mom knew something. She, he, I knew yeah. right away. Yeah. I was like, uh, this this is it. Yeah. It's Th- junk. It's yeah. junk. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's right. So. Her mom knows something. Her mom knows something about her grandma, obviously. And her mom is talking a little bit about she comes from a long line of what she called daydreamers and how her daughter now is also a daydreamer and kind of just like she just kind of fades in and out of reality as she is uh, daydreaming as people are talking to her. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, I think like any... Any geek or nerd, like, can relate to this. Like, as you're going throughout life... (laughs) You know, 
doing your job, living your life, you just kind of think about like superhero movies or Star Wars or you know D and D or whatever. Like it just it just happens, right? Yep. Yeah. Um, so I think it's really cool to see um, this kind of character on the on the big screen. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I'm fired up. All right, you guys want to talk about Bruno? I don't know if I want to talk about Bruno. We don't <laughs> talk about Bruno. I know. Didn't you love? Didn't you love that? Uh, that his name's Bruno. There's just so many jokes about mm-hmm. this already. Uh, by the way, that was a great movie. Yes, um, phenomenal yeah. movie. Yes, yes. Yep. But uh, yeah, let us talk about Bruno here on the Royal Geek Podcast covering Miss Marvel. What do you guys think of Bruno, man? I, I, I like him a lot. Yeah. Uh, he, he seems he's really cool because I mean. Well, for one, like usually, like go, like just looking at like Spider Man and stuff like that, uh, he's essentially like the Mary Jane to this character. Yeah, that's that's, yeah. that's the vibe I'm getting. Um, it, you could definitely tell that he has a crush on her. Dude, he's yeah. vibing. Oh yeah, dude, he's vibing hard. Yeah. Um, you know, he wants to do everything like in her best interest. I mean, he's essentially there for for support. Um. He's friend zoned. He's trying to figure out how to get out of that friend zone. Yeah, <laughs> oh, you could see it coming, man. At yeah. some point, he's gonna oh, he's gonna get friend zoned. At some point, it's gonna be so hard. <laughs> yeah, he's either gonna get friend zoned or he's. Is, this is the villain origin story. Who knows? Mm. Maybe mm. I could see that. Yeah, but yeah, he seems like he's gonna be like her. You know, like he's like a mix between like a Mary Jane and Ned type of situation. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, like I guess very. Very likely see him becoming like her man in the chair type of situation. Yep. You know, the person who helps her with the things that you know a superhero doesn't necessarily yeah. have. He's super smart. to. Yeah, yeah he, he's good with tech. You know, like that general type of idea, yep. like a, a superhero help desk, if you will. Basically, yes. <laughs> um, so it definitely seems like 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 they're set up like that, and he's going to be a he's the traditional like person who is you know, knows your secret and is supportive, you know, in this sto- yeah. su- superhero storyline. There's always that that person that's there to... Every superhero needs one of them. Yeah, they always need somebody <laughs> in their yeah. corner who's there to, like, kind of emotionally support them, you know, yeah. um, because it can be such a distressful, like, journey. They need someone there who knows what's up and can, you know, help guide them and be by their side. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and it's it's I think it's gonna be really interesting to see how he goes and you know, I'm I'm really interested in the the mother. Like it, like she's someone I'm really interested in learning about. I'm also loving the father. Like he's Oh Abu, yeah. Yes, like <laughs> he, Abu. he's he's the great like uh he's like the great counterbalance to the mother in oh, a lot of ways. He's brilliant, man. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that he's, you know, more fun and he's more, you know, willing to be you know, break the rules a little yeah, bit. Yeah, break the rules a little bit. Be less serious. But I feel like there's this. Uh, uh, there is going to be a breakthrough at the mo- it, at some point with the mother, where you're going to be like, is with everything that they're kind of bringing up. Like, there's a reason why she's such, you know, so hard on her. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like there's like a she, she's trying to protect her from seeing this part of mm. her family line. That's mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. She, she's just inherited. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I could definitely see that. I mean, uh, I mean, who knows, like, what, you know, the mom actually knows about the family line and all that kind of stuff. I mean, there could be uh, people that's haunting 
you know, them with the, that shows like special abilities. Maybe that's why that they're there and not back in their home country. Maybe they move there to escape from that kind of stuff. So like yeah. seeing that kind of stuff like uh, come up. It, it, I mean, it, I I could just imagine like if I was a mom dealing with that kind of stuff, like I would be very worried, very overly protective, all that kind of stuff, making sure that she's not, yeah, you know, going down <laughs> yeah. that path. Yeah, and even thinking like when she goes to her driving test, like she's clearly in the wrong. Like she she yeah. floored the car while it was in reverse. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And the first thing that the mom does is like blame the the instructor. The, the instructor, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like which, she's so protective. Yeah, which I think is like a way of them kind of showing like that she is very much in her corner. Yes. But she also like she understands that there is Things in this world she's going to need to or wants to protect her from. Yep. Yeah, just the overprotective mom. Yeah. You know? But but in like a... I think it's going to be in a more understandable way than usual. Like there is like kind of... There is... At a lot of shows you see this like uh, overprotective mom and it's, you know, this kind of more of an annoying type of character. Right, And right. I feel like the... They're kind of alluding at the fact that it, whatever she is overprotective about, there's going to be sort of a a real reason behind it, rather than just I don't want my daughter to experience the world type of situation. Right, right, right. Not just yep. like a frustrated or angry mom, yeah, just at the world, but it's like, and the kind of the traditional like they seem to be a traditional family, a spiritual yeah. family, right? So like you you're kind of getting this. Um, the spiritual aspect of it too, yeah. you know, them being a, a, a Muslim family. So, um, and you know, typically with like religions yeah. uh, and religious families, they typically are a little bit more traditional, a little bit more protective, yeah. maybe a little more sheltered. Um, so she wants everything, she's doing everything she can to shelter her baby girl, yeah. you know? And, and I think kind of what they're, what they're kind of alluding at is that the, whatever this is, is passed down through the female, um, you know, uh, jeans, jeans, yeah. Um, and I, I think they're kind of, um, kind of hiding it behind the traditional reasoning for this because you're seeing like all these things where, like, well, her older brother used to do a lot more things, he's allowed to be more outgoing and being mm. able to do all this kind of stuff, and they're kind of hiding it behind that traditional like well boys are generally allowed to do more things when they're right. then yep. you know the girl being protected and but i think they're hiding the truth which is that there is something more to it than just a traditional family situation yeah yeah for sure yep oh man so why don't we talk about avenger con yeah all right it's pretty sick okay yeah what do you guys think of avenger con <laughs> Well, for me, I mean, once once you get to, like, the scene... Well, first of all, like, when they're, like, plotting it through and it's showing, like, yeah. you know, like, what like what they think is going to happen, like, going from the bikes onto the bus and then, like, getting there and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah. Um, that was very, like, interesting to see and, like, really cool to see, like, what's like what's going on inside of her head as far as her, yeah. her, like, planning and stuff like that goes. And then you get to reality and you get to AvengerCon. And I think it... It's really unique to see like just the impact that um, Marvel has like inside its own universe. Mm. Yeah, people that's mm-hmm. like has came up like with these scenarios and like the Battle of New York, um, seeing the Avengers fight, all that kind of stuff. Like the impact that it has on people's lives and all that kind of stuff. Like you even yeah. see like um, monuments of like Iron Man and um, 
Black, 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 Black Widow, yeah. and, you know, you know, their sacrifice and all that kind of stuff, and how that's probably like a thing that's going on all over the world. Yes, yeah. not just in Jersey City. Yeah, yeah, I think that's uh, definitely true. That there is some, you know, extra stuff there that. You know, you're really getting to see something that we have talked about wanting to see more of is seeing how average people are reacting to mm-hmm. the superhero universe. Mm-hmm. Yep. Whereas, because a lot of it that we see, really 99% of what we see is from the hero point of view um, or even from the villain point of view. But you're um, not really seeing a whole lot from the, like, you know, the majority of human beings, you know, you very rarely see something yeah, from someone point. who isn't a superhero or is that isn't like deeply inside of the superhero universe, whether that being like an agent of shield or being a villain or something along those lines. Yeah. Yep. That's a, that's a good point. Um, you know, and just like the fun, like the amount of things inside Avenger con. And I, yeah. I've watched a couple of videos that kind of slowed down a little bit. So you could see the, the amount of just different <laughs> vendors and uh, things that are happening at AdventureCon. It just looks like a great time for people like us. You yeah. Know? <laughs> what I want to point out, too, is, like, just, just the vibe that it gives off and, like, where they're at right now, like, uh-huh. inside the universe. Like, thinking about, like, before, like, uh, Endgame and stuff like that, the 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 emotion and the vibe that was going on around the world was very dark, very gray. Like, yeah. everybody's oh, lost man. somebody. Um, the blip, all that kind of stuff, and now that everybody has brought back, um, and everybody's like restored in a sense, um, it's changed. Like people are like, yeah, really like looking at superheroes, celebrating superheroes. Um, everybody's happy. Like it, the the aspect of it is is, I mean, it's phenomenal. It's really good. Mm. Yeah. Mm. You know, one thing that I loved, we've we've said so many times, like, how do just people, regular old people in the world within the Marvel Universe, know all these details that have happened in battles and in, that we've seen in movies. Like, how, do, how does your average 16-year-old know exactly what Captain Marvel did, for example, you know? Mm-hmm. And she explained, or she mentioned, I think, in her opening video where, that she was making for YouTube that she got as much as she could out of a podcast that Scott Lang was on. Yeah. Did you guys catch that? Yeah. Yeah. Dude, first of all, if you could pick one Avenger who would like, it would make total sense to be on a tell-all, you know, shoot interview podcast, it would be Scott Lang. It would be <laughs> yeah. Scott Lang. It would, it would be Andy. If you had to choose an Avenger, if it was any character in the MCU, it'd be Luis. Yeah. <laughs> correct. <laughs> correct. If you, had to, if you had to choose a superhero, though, oh, man, I would love to listen to Luis. Actually, both of them at the same time. That would be a great podcast. But But, yes, like... Isn't that cool? Like, they finally gave us a little inkling, yeah. like, maybe the, maybe it's stuff like this. Maybe it's like, there aren't, there aren't just video cameras all around yep. uh, for a lot of these things. Like, the, the, you know, obviously the Battle of New York happened in New York, but the Endgame battle, like, yeah. there weren't just camera crews there, right? Right. So yep. it's like, maybe, like, Scott Lang's testimony on a podcast really filled in the blanks and told the whole world what exactly happened you know yeah yep. um and i just love that they, they're giving us something like that i i've always wondered yeah it's bugged me for so long how are they disseminating information out you know yeah, yeah it's like it's like a look inside of the own universe yes yeah and i want more of that yeah. 
So. <laughs> Although, uh, uh, another thing I'm interested about that I haven't had Avenger Con is, like, th- this character Zoe. Like, there seems to be, like, this, like, she, she seems like he's a character who was once their friend. Yep. Or at least somebody that they were friendly with. And then got popular. And then, yeah, got popular. And then, like, they, like, what happened there and, you know, like, the, the situation that's happening there, I would like to know, like, what happened. There's more to the you story. Yeah, yeah. Like, that, that's another situation where it's, like, what happened and what's going on with that, you know? I, I think it's more of a, like a, like a competitive aspect. Like, I mean, when you're so, so like Kamala, she's a, obviously a video creator and stuff like that. So usually in that kind of stuff, especially with social media, you have like a lot of pull from different, um, uh, groups that are, that are like your own. And so I yeah. think with somebody who's like inside the same school as her gets more views than her, has more followers than her, uh, it's like a it's like a rival almost because like with that whole interaction, it, she didn't really come across as like a bully. That you know, I feel like the whole interaction like with them like on the in that stairwell was like she was she was very polite, yeah, in a sense. But like at the same time, she's she has a better social media standpoint than Kamala does. I, I do think it is not what we traditionally think is popular. I think yeah. she became like. TikTok popular or something, right. something, yeah, right. something like that. Yeah. Um, I, I think is what what has happened, and <laughs> I don't know if it's like a situation of like you know she's she's become this popular person, and then you know maybe she is a little bit jealous, or maybe she I don't know maybe there's a you know there was a divide put between them because of that. You know, right? Yep. She's probably pop. She might not be popular in the school in the traditional way that yeah. our generation as millennials. I think Markham, you're probably a millennial too. Or you're, yeah, you're, I'm on the. I'm on the. You're the bit. fringe. No, I, I count. I count. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Tonight yeah. you do. <laughs> but like <laughs> us as millennials, like would we would probably traditionally think of the popular, you know, the cheerleader in the yeah. in the preppy yep. club, right? But this kind of popular might might more be more of like yeah, she's like viral on TikTok yeah. or yeah. or YouTube. Yeah, it doesn't matter but, what you do as long as you got the followers. But like, inside her own school, she might just be a normal kid, right? Right, going to high school. But uh, in the digital world, she's like really popular, you know? Yeah. Yep. Or maybe not. But it, it, there's definitely something there with Zoe for sure. Um, and then it's ironic. I love how um, <laughs> uh, Kamala's like, "What is Zoe doing here? Like, she doesn't even, she, she doesn't even, even like this stuff." Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it, well, but I mean, even in that scene, like Zoe didn't seem like she was like super over the top or condescending or she actually kind of fangirled out when she saw what she could do. Correct. You know, I don't think she knew that it was Kamala. Though. Oh, well I knew, I, I know that, okay, but okay. just like her personality in general, wasn't like a condescending personality. Yeah. She's like supportive. Like, Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. She's yeah. like, Oh, that's so cool. You know, that kind of stuff. It didn't so she really, almost died. <laughs> like may, maybe it's one of those things where, you know, Kamala's being a little judgmental of somebody else too. Who knows? Mm. I mean, you know, maybe the hero isn't being so heroic, you know, in in this story. And I think it's that, and like she, I think in a sense, like she's comparing herself, like Kamala's comparing herself up against like people like Zoe, who who may look better or have a better like popularity stance than she does. Yeah, or fit yeah. the mold. Right, exactly. Because right. like I'm thinking back to that scene where she's like trying on the costume for the first time, and she's yeah. looking in the mirror, self conscious. She, she she seems very self conscious mm-hmm. right there. And like, who is she comparing herself to? Well, a lot of people these days are comparing themselves to people who are very involved or has a very high social media standpoint. Who also happen to be beautiful. 
Correct. Right. So yeah. she's, yeah. So there's probably a little bit of that. And she made the comment about being a brown girl in Jersey City. Yep. Right. So probably yep. the fact that Zoe's a white girl, there's probably an element to just, you know, like Zoe's probably she's probably thinking in that moment, Zoe's probably going to win this because she looks more like Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. Yep. Right. Yeah. Um, so I, I would totally understand um, Kamala's kind of reservation and her, yep. uh, yeah. And uh, even like with her, like the way her mom thinks about the costumes, mm, it's like, yeah, uh, like the way she talks about like how tight and like or like how much they're showing Skippy. off and stuff like that. <laughs> and like it really, she like her costume was not really no. anything like that at right. all. No. And it kind of just shows like in a way it shows a divide between who she is and who her mother thinks she is. Yep. And like in, in a vi- it's a visual representation of like that divide between the two of them. Or who or maybe who her mother is afraid that she that she'll will become. become. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Like in yeah, like it is it kind of like creates a disconnect between them as well there. Right. Which yeah. which re- sorry, Mark, go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say like too, like she like also brings up like uh, like a, you're not gonna wear like these tight outfits like those other girls. Yeah. And then like when you think of like other girls, like the majority of people, females who are like famous on Instagram are famous because, you know, that they, they they look good and they're showing it off. And so yeah. that's where a lot of the popularity and stuff like comes from. Yeah, and it, it kinda gives as as a viewer for us and everybody watching, it kind of helps us to how do I say this relate with Kamala and understand Kamala's struggle even more yep. because like Kamala knows that I mean yeah she's a little self-conscious in the mirror but she's also not trying to be super dressed super skimpy I think as correct said, right yeah, no correct. so in a, so in a sense it's like She's listening to all this from her mom and her dad. She feels so misunderstood by, by her family. Yeah. When in all actuality, it's like it's not that bad. Yeah, she knows that she's not trying to be what they're saying. She's yeah. just trying to be a sixteen-year-old yeah. with dreams. She, she's yeah. almost like this, like this no no man's land between yeah, the two ideas. You know, like she isn't trying to be the skimpy dressing girl, but she also isn't trying to be the super traditional. Pakistani yeah. Muslim girl. She's trying either. to find her own lane. Yeah, she she's trying to find her own thing, and the way that she's being seen by whether her it be her parents or these other girls when they look at her, and you know her popularity and stuff like that. So she she feels alone in a lot of ways. You know, like she has Bruno, but I mean, she feels like I think she feels like Bruno is the only person who yeah. even remotely understands her. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's her best friend. Yep. Yep. Okay, uh, we've been going for a little while. We'll probably wrap it up here soon. Um, I think, you know, we could probably talk about a lot of things, but one more thing that's really important was, did you guys see the post-credit scene? Yes. Okay, good. Did you know that there's a post-credit scene, Markham? I guess this is my maybe, cue. Maybe not. Yeah. Oh, Get I didn't out, see it. Dude. Oh, I, I didn't see it. I, I feel like such a noob. No, but, but you know what? You, you shouldn't because up until now, Marvel hasn't done post credit scenes and shows. On, on shows unless it's like towards the end of the Correct. season. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's true. I'm pretty sure this is the earliest post credit scene we've had for a show within a season. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, by a mile. <laughs> like usually if they do one, it's like, it's like the, not until like episode four or five usually. Yeah, pretty late. So Well, I Apple Zach's consent to the spoilers. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, you consent. Great. Well, it it was pretty quick. It was just a scene of um the the DOD agent from um Spider Man No Way Home. What 
he's in it. He's in it. And, you know, he's at his office or whatever. I think, do you know what his name is, Shimano? I don't know his name. I feel like it was, oh, man, I'm just going to say a name. And it's really late. But I think I heard that it was like Cleary or something. Like that might be his last name. But anyways, he's the DOD agent from No Way Home. Um, you know, they're, he's he's talking to one of his colleagues. And she says, you know, because they, they people were recording Kamala at AvengerCon. Mm-hmm. Right. And makes a comment about AvengerCon happening and check this out. And he's like, oh, what? Just, you know, uh, cosplaying, you know, super fans. Like, I don't have any interest in that or something like that. And um, and then she's like, no, not this one. And she shows him the video of her powers. Cleary. Cleary. It is Cleary. Come on. And uh, she shows Cleary the video of her powers. And he may, he has this look in his eye. And he says, yeah, bring her in. So... I think that at some point in this uh, series, they're going to have a confrontation with DOD. Um, yeah, I don't know. What did you think of that? What did you think of that scene, Shimano? I was really surprised to see that. Um, I think it just gonna kind of it's gonna kind of set up as a third wheel. Truthfully, okay. I, I, I think something's gonna happen where a villain hasn't necessarily revealed itself quite yet, right? Um, so I feel like it's gonna be like there's gonna be Miss Marvel, and then there's gonna be the DOD, uh, and then it's gonna be the villain, and it's gonna kind of be like almost like a Mexican standoff type of situation. <laughs> okay, yeah. You know where like there's three Spider Men, yeah, pointing at each other. <laughs> basically, yeah. Like basically, it's gonna be one of those situations where it's like, okay, you know. We the DOD is basically going to have to choose a side and somewhere in there to could, back. Could damage control be the villain though? Like, could this be a show where the villain? It's not a person. It's not a. But it's more of like an entity. It's like damage control trying to because in some sense, like damage control might be trying to get this uh, bangle that she's wearing. Yeah. In some sense, I yep. mean, it it could very well be that you know. I mean, it's possible that the entire series is based off the misunderstanding of, you know, whose side is who on. Yeah, you right. know, I mean, it, right. it is a possibility that that could be it. Um, that there's, you know, maybe there isn't there isn't a true villain. I mean, that'll be an interesting idea to dive into. Is, you know, maybe there's not a true villain. You know, yeah, I mean, like, no. who does she have to? In, in some sense, I'm thinking like, who does she have to fight with? Right, right now, it's there's nothing. Yeah. There, so. there's not really like I said, a true villain has yet to right. Like Zoe, Zoe's a villain. <laughs> I mean, other than the possibility of Zoe or that incredible, or maybe that Ant, the Ant Man head is somehow sentient because it was rolling for a real long time, dude. Yeah, you would have thought that thing would slow <laughs> yeah. down at some point. Yeah, it did not. Uh, we'll, but we'll anyway, of like, <laughs> uh, yeah, it definitely feels like they're they've yet to build up a villain. Yeah, so I mean, it's possible it's that they could just dive into the idea of, you know, the misunderstanding of a brown girl in Jersey City. Right. You know, maybe they're afraid of the fact that someone like that has those mm. type of powers. Where do their loyalties lie? You know, yeah, that that's type a good of point. situation. You could see something you know? like that. I don't think Marvel's afraid to get into that kind of world. No. Nah. So. Yep. Not after uh, not after Falcon and the Winter Soldier. That's I don't right. Think, so. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and now this is a different type of minority, and it's yep. a, and it's a kid, it's a sixteen-year-old yes. too. So, yeah. interesting, interesting. I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm kind of going at this series like with an open mind and everything. I could, I can definitely like see like Bruno and her like completely being completely off. Like the they're on separate pages, because um, like 
the whole like point of just just, just this episode like Kamala doesn't have it, everything figured out. You have Bruno who's looking at college applications. Um, I can see Kamala getting like really popular with that whole scene that she pulled at yeah. AvengerCon. Yeah. I could see Bruno getting jealous about it. She becomes it. a star. She becomes a star. She kind of gets lost in her own ego. Bruno doesn't like the way things are going. Um, Bruno can make a mistake out of like a like spare the moment type deal. DOD get get involved. There's there's just so many yeah. different ways like this can go, but um, I don't know. I I see Bruno as the villain. I said it. You heard it here first. All right. Yeah. Apple's axe is calling it. Bruno is the villain. Well, boys, we should probably wrap it up. It's been about forty minutes now. Um, overall, again, really impressed with episode one. Yeah. I hope that the show continues its momentum, and that uh, we continue to be impressed. Week in and week out. Uh, big shout out to all of our listeners. Thank you again for tuning in. If you're still here with us, we know that you love us, and we ask that you would please help us to grow and uh, share this podcast with some of your friends. Uh, Sandy and T Sweat, if you're listening, we love you. Hope you are back with us next week. Um, and yeah, with all that in mind, for my good friends, Shimato and Apple Zax. This is T Roll saying thank you so much for listening to the Royal Geek Podcast. We will see you next time, you peasants. Yeah.